0: Hey, everybody. It's Michael Costa and my dog, Walter. Please watch my Comedy Central special. It airs December 11th on Comedy Central. You can also check it at michaelcostacom special. If you don't watch it, I'm going to put this dog down. Yo, that's cute. Dude, this dog it's hates cute. Trevor. Really? Dude, he's tried to bite Trevor twice. I'm like, Walter, you dumb motherfucker. Trevor signs my paychecks, dude. Walter's trying to get you fired. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, Walter, you like food? You like shelter? Stop. Be nice to that man. New, new Joke Night, Josh, tells me it's a place where
1: it's rough and tumble. If you're not up for it, you, you die a horrible death over there.
0: Yeah, and, like, I get frustrated because comics will say they're going to do new jokes, and then they don't come with the they, – they, their ego gets involved. Like, look, I'm yeah. giving everybody – a free pass to fail yeah
1: <laughs> like that. It's, a free, it's a free pass to fail and, and how many it,
0: well you know we we need this as comics we yeah. need an excuse because sometimes the ego gets involved and we go i gotta make him laugh it's okay if you yeah. don't make him laugh tonight man
1: yeah you don't have to you don't have to how do people how, how do you come back i guess to 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 be able to host a joke night a new joke night like that where death is almost certain yeah what is your background in sport a big help in how you learn how to deal with failure
0: 100 great great pickup in sport i mean do you want to just cry for a month that you lost or do you got to get back out there and get shit going yeah this is this is look this isn't something that came naturally to me as a kid i wanted to cry literally in my bed after i lost a heartbreaking match but a coach a brother a teammate, get your ass out there now, dude. You think it's going to be the first time you're going to lose? You think this is going to be the first new joke that sucks? You got to keep going. I mean, that's – part of why I wanted to do that show was to make myself yeah. tougher and go, stop taking this shit so personally, dude. Yeah. Just tell jokes and tell new ideas and evolve and move forward.
1: at. at- at what point, because I can speak for myself. I, I can always tell at which point I let my ego get involved whenever I'm trying out a new bid, right? It's it's the point where I want the reaction to be the same as it is for something that I've done countless number of times. But then I forget right. that the nuances and my body language is not the same. But then I expect the audience to almost read my mind. And you know that's when I know ego has stepped in and I'm just expecting it, right?
0: Yeah, the word expectation is, is wh- what you just said many times. And it's like, oh, oh, wh- why did you set this expectation so high for yourself? Do you believe you're a God, Michael? Do you, do you believe that you are perfect in all ways? Also that the old joke that you're comparing this to yes. has taken years. Yes, You know, it, depending on what country you're in and how often you have to do new material, it's taken a long time to make that, yes. like you said, the nuances, the subtleties. So, um, you know, I'm just thinking of it right now, you know, like Olympic divers? Yes. It must be terribly frightening for them to try a new dive. I mean, that is like, I'm just, that would hurt. It hurts. And, but, but then again, I would say it hurts for us too. It just isn't maybe physical.
1: I, I think for us the impact is much more because, as I think, as a comic, when when something doesn't work, you almost almost attribute it to everything that's going wrong in your life. Sure. Right, and then you you start you start reviewing your life on stage, and that's when you know you're dying a horrible death. Because there's some deaths that that <laughs> there's some deaths that are productive. Where as it's happening, you go, "That's rude of you, Eugene. You should stop this right now." Right. And there's some deaths where you go, "My high school teacher was right."
0: Right. Right. You know, I, my, yes.
1: my ex-girlfriend was right. You, you start looking around in your head and searching for, for corners of pockets of people who've doubted you. And I, and I always say to comics, that's the worst kind of death you can have where you are, you're questioning the meaning of life as you're standing there on stage and it's just you and your microphone.
0: I, that's a great point. I had this tennis coach and, and he would always say when, when you were down, let's say you're down 5-2, 4-1. And he would say, don't let the mind make it bigger. It's five to two. That's it. That's what it is. But your mind goes, well, now I've lost this match. How am I going to get a hotel room tonight? I've lost six tournaments in a row, first round. What you're saying, my high school teacher was right. My ex-girlfriend was right. Don't make it bigger. But, But of course we make it bigger. Look, this is our ego. These are jokes. These came from my brain to my hand to my heart. They are personal. So when they're rejected by an audience, it feels, it feels personal.
1: You know, I always think uh, when, whenever I look at music and I go, when the Beatles wanted inspiration to make a great album, they knew that they had to go to Abbey Road. You know, and the Rolling Stones knew that they had to make a great album, they knew where to go. It's as comics we take for granted. And I say, I speak for my, when I say comics, I say for myself mainly, we take for granted where we were mentally when we crafted the bits and the jokes that got us where we are. That, that space is sort of uh, lost in translation at times. And we always attribute it to the most successful of the bunch and go, when you were trying to make it and you were hungry, you were this, and then now that you're. But in, 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 a, in a microscopic level, we do, that, we do the same thing. I, I feel like I do that sometimes. And I look at my, my jokes as my kids and I'm like, when I made you, I was like this, but now I'm just this granddad trying to live from that, you know, from that, from your success.
0: It's always funny when there's a comic who is, is newly sober, you know, and, and they're doing an act that they wrote while they were drunk. And it's like, oh, it doesn't work. You, you, you created that kid in a much different mindset and it can be very scary for them because now they have to go back to, or they have to evolve. But Um, I mean, this raises an interesting discussion about pain and, you know, Gary Shanling always said, whenever I'm in a happy relationship, I can't write any good comedy. Yeah. And, and it is, I I really don't want to believe that. I want to believe that I can be happy, well-balanced, adjusted, successful, wealthy, and still come up with great bits. But for some reason, pain, struggle, Adversity does, does sharpen and create a joke that might have a little extra bite to it. What do you, you think? Know,
1: I think you're absolutely correct because I'm a big believer and I subscribe to a lot of Buddhism uh, teachings. And then, you know, pain, pain is growth. And I think we, as humans, we get taught earlier on to avoid it. You know, uh, they say sometimes it starts off when you tell kids not to hurt themselves while trying to play. Yeah. And the first thing you as an adult see is hurt they see play. And then from then on out you stop them, you subconsciously stop them from playing. And with us, the stability is the is is that for us. It's the avoid falling and it's the avoid having so whenever we we chase pain, we, we're the biggest we, we are almost similar to bodybuilders. You know, why do they walk in there all the time, tear muscle and sweat and lose? I've never seen a bodybuilder in a happy relationship. I mean they they, they spend <laughs> They, they trust their spotter more than they trust their partners at home. They spend, they spend more time in a gym more than they do at home. But if you when the results show and they have to go compete with other bodybuilders, but if there's one thing that they have is the admiration for the work that the other person has put in their physique, and yeah. that's us comics. When yeah. we see a comic with a funny bit, a true comic never looks at another comic and go, fuck that guy. They go, fuck me, that guy's good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or in my case, I go, God damn it. Why didn't I think of that?
1: I, I, I feel like that all the time. I, I know. I feel like that when my daughter says something and she's only yeah. 12 and I'm like, yeah. I have to, I have to tap into that part of me that just looks at things innocently, avoids competition and just chases the pain of knowing that something new is beyond it. Right.
0: Yeah. And you bring up your daughter is a great point. You know, you look at a baby and they try to stand up and they fall on their head and they cry and as parents it's oh my god and she's going hey i got kind of close right there yeah (laughs) or i'm going harder next time yes and man does it like you know i don't want to be the parent that's like oh when you have kids but it is like this you start seeing it from their perspective and man they are they're not afraid they're not afraid of falling it's okay it's fine and it is okay for us too it's okay new joke night okay come on josh pick it up (laughs) you must you must call
1: it ego ego free night that's that's when you'll know
0: well yeah we call it nice try because (laughs) because try and especially millennials at least in the united states they've got this this reputation of being afraid of pain afraid of failure uh it's not and and you know look when you try hard and you fail that's when it hurts the most so to avoid this hurt, they've kind of pretended like they're not trying, and I'm trying to tell everybody right now, and myself included. I'm speaking to me right now too. Go hard, try hard, and it's gonna. If it's, it may hurt a little bit, but it's okay. It's how you grow. It's, it's growth.
1: You know, I think there's uh, in my life, I've especially this year, I think I've, I've, I've established that there's two kinds of pain. There's accidental pain, and there's intentional pain that you inflict on yourself because you know. <laughs> You know that there's something out there you know it's like uh, taking a sip of coffee knowing that it's too hot that's that's yeah. purely you know you did it yourself when you yeah. walk into a, a comedy yeah. night where it's new material night you you, you inflicted that on yourself but then
0: yeah.
1: there's other accidental pains that i'm like as i grow older i do much to avoid like being being caught unprepared i feel like that's very intentional and, yeah. and very narcissistic sometimes you know, when you walk into a situation unprepared and you know exactly that you are not prepared, but when the outcome comes out exactly as it should have been, then you take it personally, like you said, right?
0: But wouldn't an accidental pain be like uh, something falling on you or um, a car accident? Like, or no? No, because if you, if
1: you think about it, even a car accident can never be uh, an uh, an unintentional one because you know the risks of driving. Right, okay. So as time goes on, if you, if you, if you walk on a, in, in a construction site, you know there's a risk that something bad might happen. But if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen enough times, you sort of expect that to be the benchmark of what happens when I walk through a construction site without a safety, safety boots and a helmet, right? But, yeah?
0: I don't want surprise pain. So, so maybe 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 i was confusing accidental with surprise yes yes um you're right when i walk through i i understand the risks if i go swimming in the ocean i understand the risks but if i get shot by a stray bullet or you know i don't like a surprise pain but there's not a whole lot you can do to except stay home which we're all doing right now so look
1: i think psychologically if you think about it that's why as comics we
0: are not so good at
1: relationships if you think about it, we are the only ones who know what it's going to end like. We, we have these <laughs> scenarios and we've joked about it. We've watched people at comedy clubs. We've watched our parents. We've watched our friends on Facebook. So whenever we find ourselves playing the part and then we hear all of these grandiose plans, we sort of go, I'm not going to yeah. be around long enough for this. And I think that's that self-sabotage and yeah. the unhappiness and the dis-ease comes in that, right? Because I think mostly in relationships, women just want to plan long-term and we are like
0: always next step
1: yeah we are like we don't i've never met a comic that works next step
0: yeah unless they, unless they have yeah. a
1: job somewhere and they do comedy on the side
0: yeah right and yeah i mean women it's what's next what's next what's next men it's like can we freeze it right now and is it possible to reverse trajectory and you cannot reverse oh. you can't you can't move in together break up excuse me you can't move in together want to stay together but have to move out that doesn't happen
1: you see that's why you're the genius of this conversation yeah, yeah. <laughs> you,
0: you figured it out
1: i I, th- I think knowing the outcome geez yeah you made me think now i always i think in all of my relationships i always feel like the person should go for the picket fence because i don't think it's available here i think even at the height of success as a comic do we see ourselves with a house and the dog and the car and a con- the store that we like to go to. Do we see Well, this
0: yeah. yeah, this might be. I I talk to so many funny Canadian comedians. They have such a different outlook on comedy because in Canada, the, you know, I hope I'm not being too rude to them, but they're kind of like you can make 35 grand a year and that's kind of good and you're happy. But in America you can make $500 billion a year and be Jerry Seinfeld or whatever. So depending on maybe where you come from, what the opportunities are that present to you, um, I I love going to Canada because the comics there, they're not like all trying to kill each other for success. They're having barbecues and enjoying their universal healthcare. Uh, So part of the capitalism of America creates uh, a competition that isn't fun. It yes. isn't fun. But we make vaccines very quickly. <laughs> you know what isn't I it, what I, I was like everyone's coming to us for the <laughs> vaccine right now. I'm like that a lot of people talk shit about capitalism but that's good, isn't it good that like our american companies are like getting the shit out? I don't know. <laughs> you know
1: when the when the when the at the height of the pandemic I think as Africa we attempted to go drop you food parcels, we were so worried oh, about you guys Dude, too.
0: I mean it was With, Americans are too dense to even realize that the rest of the world was clowning us, but I mean, it was, we talked about in on the Daily Show, but you know, other, other countries were crushing it, doing a great job. I, Trevor talked about it. Um, and we we're just a laughing stock. I mean, public health, when it comes to public health, there is no one worse than the gluttonous, overweight American, and it's still taking its toll. Are you going to take the vaccine? I will 100% take the vaccine. I trust science. Yeah. Um, initially, I was scared, and then I'm going, dude, no, I trust these people. I mean, these are the nerds. These are yes. the scientists. These people have dedicated their life to this. There is a review process. Um, now, am I going to take the vaccine, and if my eye starts twitching, I'm going to freak out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think everybody in New York already had it. So I don't know, like, what's the vaccine going to – I don't know. I'd like to learn more about it.
1: You know, I was having this conversation with someone, and I said to him, what is it about – because if you – on the 1st of December, it's World AIDS Day, right? So AIDS AIDS officially has a birthday just like Jesus does. So it's 30 30 years old. And I'm like, so AIDS is 30 years old, and there's no vaccine. Corona – is almost a year old, or oh, just over a year old, and already has a vaccine. So, what is the who did who did Corona kill for nurses yeah. to take it seriously? Is it the grandmas? Who who exactly had to die for nurses to go? People, okay, right? guys, let's get
0: going. White people, maybe. Uh, now their their <laughs> Yeah, they pissed off too many white women. Um, I mean. Yes, but it's a coronavirus, and coronaviruses have been around, and we've known a lot about coronaviruses for a long time. Um, But there is some interesting, scary, sad, societal reflection that a lot of the reason AIDS wasn't taken seriously was because everyone thought it was just a gay male disease. I mean, it took years for America and and disease control to like kind of take it seriously and picketing, standing outside of doc, then Dr. Fauci, who he was kind of, uh, I forget where he was then, but they, you know, gay men had to coordinate and go, why is no one paying attention to this? And so that's that's kind of a fucked up observation, but maybe the fact that coronavirus affected everybody. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I I, I think it posed, remember, I, I always think, even, even when I look at a gossip column, right? We are so quick to go to the 10 commandments to judge a situation. If, if you look at gossip columns, you know, it's just adultery. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. so we, w- when I think AIDS went from a gay disease to a uh, promiscuity disease, like it was almost like if you had AIDS, you must have fucked
0: somebody. Yeah, like you, you, you got what you deserved in kind of a fucked up way, Yeah. I know I are you yeah. watching the you watching the undoing on HBO no oh, okay it's, it's 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 not AIDS it's not gay AIDS but it's like uh a guy was unfaithful and a lot of like terrible shit happens and I, again I'm not done with the show so I don't know but it's like you kind of watch and you're like well you got what you deserve you fucking asshole oh your whole family got murdered because you kissed a girl yeah well guess what you got what you deserve i actually have the answer to the coronavirus thing it's because it stopped the economy yes if you fuck with money they're coming for you and the, was, coro- the coronavirus fucked with money
1: and it was also the perfect storm right with the political unrest yeah. that was happening in the world's superpowers people who yeah. take it seriously at some point right
0: Yeah, and you know, media, I mean, American media, oh, how much money did they make on the virus? Like CNN and the headlines and the graphics. I mean, that's what's always so odd about living here is it's like terrible things are happening all around, but the media is just like, oh good, more red meat. We can sell more ads about this.
1: More, and and TikTok.
0: More TikToks. You know, I just got on TikTok. I don't know what the hell, I don't know what the hell to do about (laughs) it. Is it worth getting on?
1: My, my daughter is on TikTok and I don't understand half of the stuff that she does on TikTok. And I go, I go. do you, do you, do you remember when we were growing up, um, technology was so slow that when Nintendo came out with the cartridge games, it was the most advanced thing you can have, right? So we always thought that at the height of technology, kids will only use technology. But now with TikTok as an app is forcing them to be more physical and ignore video games, which is the weirdest thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember we used to play Super Mario and Kung Fu and all this stuff. And my mom would always say, you know, go outside, go play. You know, she tried it. She would she would give us hours we were allowed to use Nintendo. You're never going to make any money doing that. It's a dead end, whatever. So cut to 20, 30 years later, I'm working at The Daily Show and I'm doing a piece on eSports. Yes, and I'm talking to this Rick Fox, former NBA champion with the Lakers, who owns an esports team. Yeah, he just signed one of his players three point four million dollars last year. And I'm going, well, where were you on that one, Mom? You know, <laughs> like that's what's so funny. Our generation looks at these young people and they go TikTok, stop doing that, stop doing that. But we don't know. Maybe that's maybe this is creating some software in their brain that'll help them. Yeah, and. You must think about the ability
1: to create content and to edit your content and to customize your content. Sure. That's something that I struggle with, but they, they, they manage to do it so quickly. They cut through scenes and make things happen so quickly. And you're looking at them going, I need my computer for that. They're like, no, I just did it in my bedroom.
0: Well, they also don't think about yeah. or worry about posting. I mean, yes. I'm yes. always like, is that good enough to post? I want to present myself in a funny way. And they're just like, it's up. It's got 10 million likes. It's like.
1: What, what's, the, what's the toughest decision you had to make as soon as you got famous in comedy? My, I can tell you mine. Mine was beard or no beard. Because uh, <laughs> you're like, if I keep the beard and then people know the beard and then I shave the beard. And then right. people are like, who is that guy? And I look at my ometer and I'm like, but that's not
0: me. So that's the that's toughest a- That's interesting because, I mean, a beard is basically half a mask. So if you get famous without a mask and then you put a half a mask on, you know, I always struggle with how um, subversive or irreverent do I want to write my jokes. And as you have more success and as more people notice you, I don't ever want to back down on my jokes because I'm popular. Um, but sometimes being popular after many, many years of not feels nice. So I have to constantly battle with myself and say, get all that shit out of your head. What are you trying to say here? And, um, it goes back to failing and it goes back to, you know, trying to, I'm trying to say something important. That's also funny, funny first, but that's what I struggle with. And that, um, how dirty do I want to go? You know, and I battle with that.
1: Yeah. You, you're, you're, at the, you're at the phase of how is this helping society, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like comedy that's just going to get out there and lecture to the audience. I want to laugh. Um, but I'm also at the point of my life where I go, Hey, let's not just put your hand in your armpit and make a farting noise. Let's try to ha- have a people walk away and go, Oh shit. Let's talk about that for a moment. There's nothing better than if a couple or friends leave your show and if they have something to talk about on the way home. I love that. love that. It's like going to see a great movie and you get home and all you've been talking about is the plot or the characters. you're going, whoa, I was really entren- I was really entrenched. Do you think comics
1: are going to get to a point where we make that transition back again into being in movies like you mentioned now with why what's stopping us now from being the go-to's you know because we we can make the jokes we can write the scripts we can be there yeah. we don't have we have lots of time in our hands we're not picky about the pay what what is stopping us from creating content because <laughs> when true. coronavirus started i honestly thought i'm gonna see a lot of comics creating content yeah that's what i personally thought you know and we josh and i had had this discussion so many times and when you came up with the podcast we were like let's let's put the theory into I mean, the, the, the premise into practice, you know, let's see if it's real. Are comics out there creating content? And are we?
0: Yeah, comics are creating content. I mean, are they writing and producing and shooting and distributing movies? That's harder to do. I mean, I do think this is starting to change. Um, you know, Kevin Hart has successfully transitioned into movies, but what's really cool and also can be intimidating, is that we can create our own audience and make our own content for them, give it to them.
1: You have this segment in the segment in the podcast called uh, the craziest thing that's ever happened to you. This is the funniest story that, that even if you told us, we wouldn't believe you.
0: I'll tell, I'll, I'll, I'll tell one that, that is in, in relation to comedy. Yes. Um, also, my wife is down in the apartment, so I gotta be careful with what, you know, what I say and what I don't say. Um, that would be funny, you put up like wife is in apartment. <laughs> um, yeah, when, when I, when I was, uh, when I was in Michigan, I had done comedy a couple of years. You know, ego, you think you're better than you are. You think you deserve more than, than what you are having. And I drove my Honda Civic to LA. I was moving to LA. I went straight to the comedy store, open mic, you sign up at six. They, 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 they put the list of who's up at seven. I figured I would sign up, be up at 7.05, sign a contract at 7.30. I'd be a movie star. So they, they, they put the list up, and I'm not on the list. And I'm, I would, remember I went to the list. I went to the manager. By the way, 200 comics sign up. You know, I don't know if you've been there. You've seen there's a line walking down Sunset Boulevard of comics. I thought I could just jump past everybody. Yeah, wow. I, you know, crazy. So I go to the manager. Hey, I signed up. I didn't get on. He's like, yeah, come, you know come back next week or whatever. So I go to in to watch the show and they keep calling this one guy's name who's on the list, but he's not showing up. And I'm like, so I'm looking for this guy. He's, he's homeless. He's homeless. He's signed up, but he signed up not to do comedy. Cause he's in the bathroom washing his feet, his ass, his dick, <laughs> his armpits. He's, he signed up for the open mic because he needed running water. And as an American, as as a privileged white kid growing up in Michigan, I it, I it stunned me. And I said, is this what I'm up against? Is this how difficult it's gonna be? And it, it has been, it has been, but that's the first thing that came to mind when you asked me that.